Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. As Pride of the X-Men brings us in, welcome to uh, the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat presented by Brothers Comics, uh, where we walk you through classic X-Men stories from the past and link it to the current continuity. On the line tonight, I actually have three of my favorite mutants. I have two on the line, and then one special mutant that we haven't had on for a while who has been in a different uh, space-time continuum, apparently, uh, is back on the call tonight. But we'll, we'll hold that one to the end. On the line tonight, because it is March and is also close to his um, his born day. Now I've been watching Game of Thrones. Uh, it's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. What's up, my muties? Mutie, please. Mutie, please. Uh, and also on the line tonight, it's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Meet you all, fellow mutants. What's going on? All right, we're here. And the other mutant on the line tonight, uh, as he again crossed the rainbow bridge, um, got out of the negative zone, um, uh, I, I got from Battle Planet. I, I'm not really sure, but ladies and gentlemen. Just shunted here by Rachel Summers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the 10 percenter. Big Hot is back on the call tonight. Big Hot, say what's happening. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, come on, bro. Where, that could have been like Nikita and Dusty intro, and you just, you just. <laughs> that was Who's a true level. Hello. Yeah, but I was and, I mean, I was like, yeah, Hutch has been away. <laughs> he's, he's been busy and whatnot, but we're we're good to have him back tonight. And uh, like I said, it was a, a nice surprise to be able to get him on the call. If you've been following along with us over the last few weeks, we have been walking through um, the 170s and 180s of the X-Men, um, where we last left off a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Forge has been introduced to the X-Men or to the X-Universe, and he is um, created a weapon for, we'll call it the National Security Council, that can nullify mutant powers. And for some reason, the government has decided that Rogue is uh, public enemy number one, and they're going to use the weapon on her. Of course, the black lady gets hit with the weapon instead in Sandra Bland-like fashion, and uh, Storm gets her powers taken. And this is where we're going to pick up in episode uh, 186, uh, Life, Death, A Love Story. Does anybody remember reading this before we get into it? Big Hot, since you're here. Yes, I remember reading this well, at least 25 years ago. Maybe at least. Close to 30. But, yeah, I remember reading it. Uh, yeah, well, I'm good with that right now. 
Okay. Brother Beavis, do you remember reading it before your reread? I remember skimming through it in complete disinterest of all other storm stories at the time, but yes. <laughs> Sad man. Brother Beavis' uh, uh, disdain for early storm and his early youth is, is very metal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he yeah, but – uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember how freaking long the damn story was, and uh, more than anything else. But we talked about Chris Claremont and his exposition. Jesus, boy, you got to be ready to read this shit. So that was about yeah. the main thing I remember. Yeah, this is Claremont at his Claremontius. Um, well, this is also Secret Wars esque recapping too, because it's like page twelve before they get to new content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Remember so we have all the on the cover, we have Storm, uh, uh, Forge um, standing, Storm, Storm kneeling. Uh, Forge has on some extra medium shorts, and um, <laughs> he's got his iron leg and his muscle shirt, looking very much like Tom Selleck, uh, minus the beard, just the mustache. Cut uh, off muscle he, shirt. <laughs> Give him some credit. Yeah, it, it's awful. Uh, but, again, the issue is life death. Now, we actually have a different artist here, and for some reason this issue is a double-sized issue, probably just for all the exposition. Um, and exactly. John Romita does not do the art on this. This is actually done by Barry Windsor Smith, uh, which is kind of interesting uh, that um, Romita didn't do the art. But So we get into this, and it opens up with Storm laid up in the bed. Um, you're not really sure why. When she got hit with the weapon initially, you weren't sure if it nullified her powers permanently or if it was temporary. Um, of course, it's because it's the brother. It's for, for life, you know. And... Um, <laughs> And she is trying to, she's hurt in an emotional sense, not necessarily physical. And Forge is doing his best to try to put this situation back together because, you know, he he feels guilty for doing what he did because he created the weapon. Um, like I said, we're going to skip over a lot of this because it is overly young and restless like dramatics. Um, yes. But as you were reading this uh, initially, Sandman, what what were you thinking? I was thinking, it's like, Jesus, uh, Claremont really had a bug up his ass to get all this stuff out, first of all. And uh, <laughs> second of all, I mean, uh, they really were trying to uh, establish some kind of link between uh, Forge and Storm at the time and until um, she kind of uh, figures out what's going on you know, and kind of <laughs> understandably starts just treating them like shit after that. It's kind of funny, at least I thought so. But, uh, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of exposition, like I said before. Yeah, be ready to read. That's all I could say. <laughs> Brother Beavis. Yeah, I was thinking blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I like it as he's going essentially through the stages of grief in like seven panels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really, like, it's, really, it's really like trying to get your drunk friend like up from the floor, trying to get them to their bedroom. Like, Motherfucker, you don't want to get up and lay it in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you do know, that. Yeah. Start out all nice. Like, hey, man, come on. It's cool. Come on, bro. Come on, man. And you're trying to drag their lazy drunk ass up the steps. <laughs> Nothing. <that I> <laughs> and um, he's like, man, you know, forget you. Just lay on the floor and I don't care. You know, so. It, it, it's this whole thing, and Forge is riddled with guilt, essentially, and he understands what he has done, 
But, again, we get all these recaps or whatever about, you know, Storm and her connection to the universe and how her, her powers have connected her to nature and the grass. And I mean, it's, it's just a lot, Hodge. Check, check out his picture of Ford sitting down, like, when he first starts with the hologram. He looks like he's trying to take a shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that a chair or a toilet? Or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, let me put this hologram on real quick. Well, I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hodge, do you remember much of this in these early beginnings? I really, I mean, I just kind of remember the major parts about the story and not all that backstory, not all that drama and whatever else is that I'm looking at right now. Um, Storm has went going through a lot of crap in the last what, 10 issues, I guess, from to this point. Yeah, a little bit more than that. You know, this is right before. This is not that far, like, after the turn mm-hmm. uh, to punk rock yeah. storm. He's, she's been going through it. And we can kind of side on that for a second. It's like they took her through this huge transition, Hush, and if that wasn't enough, like, you know what? We made her an interesting character. Let's make her more interesting by taking her powers. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Uh, that does not, in the superhero world, taking away somebody's power does not make you more interesting. I think we're going to touch on that in the Logan review as well. Yes. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I had that in my head thinking of you when I watched it. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's just this whole thing, and there is a, a large recap of Secret War style of, you know, what led to this and Henry Peter Gyrick. Shooting her out of the sky, and you know all the guilt that comes from it. I mean, there, there is a lot. Now the scene, the book does shift back to the Xavier Mansion, and Xavier's trying to find Storm, uh, and he can't locate her with Cerebro, which I kind, which I thought was kind of funny since Cerebro connects him to non-mutants too. Correct? I think it's just mutants. It depends on who's writing it. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I've literally seen both sides of the equation. <laughs> yeah, he can't find her. Once again, Dr. Nightcrawler is in the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's even got the Nightcrawler, like the, uh, the, the sweater. Turtleneck. Yeah, the associate. turtleneck. Yeah, which you associate with the doctor. Now, only one of these people in this in the house, or maybe there's two people in the house, that actually have degrees outside of high school, right? She's in her, 
any relationship with somebody who's not just trying to get some brown sugar. Uh, are we sure that's not the case? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what I was wondering is, if, has that ever played up on the fact, like, everybody that comes into contact with Storm is like, man, I would like to have sex with her. Because Dr. Doom <laughs> fell for her. Magneto no. fell for her. Professor Xavier no. fell for her, like two no. issues Loki, ago. Loki did in one, one story, even though he was using her. He wanted to, he wanted to bag that. So, the, yeah, so apparently the right. neutralizer didn't take that power away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and by the way, remember, we called that the neogenic recombinator. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the that's the official name. Yeah. Yes, that is the official name. Yes, and so she's really just showing off the other skills that she has besides, you know, since she can't do that, showing off her mad pickpocket skills. Storm's like, or Forge is like, wow, you certainly haven't lost your touch. But, yeah, it doesn't get that far. They basically are just having this, you're, you're a person that, don't have your powers, but that doesn't make you less of a person. She's like, you know, well, I would have liked to have figured that out on my own if you not taken my powers, you know. And uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't really your decision to make. And, you know, it, it's just, this, again, it's just more exposition after exposition. And it was like, well, you know, he, Forge is doing his best, but at a point he's just like, well, my bad. And he really, like, kind of goes off, and he goes out and takes a swim in his pool or whatever. And, you know, well, and does he? Well, they do, but it's just this, it's just this weird book about them trying to get these two together. And, and again, yeah. it was no reason for it to be a double-sized issue. They could have told this in 22 pages. Now, Forge is a Native American. Uh, he's a slash creator of all these wonderful things that, are 25 years ahead of everybody else or something, if I remember correctly? Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. Sure. And, and where did they meet? I can't remember all that stuff. This is when they <laughs> meet. They don't meet. His first appearance is the last issue or the previous issue before that. And they don't really have any interaction with each other until this. All of his interaction before had been with Valerie Cooper and with Raven Dark. Raven. Infiltrated the NSA at the time, right. so it, I right. mean, there. This is them pushing these two together. You know, we because he know. didn't he didn't create the neogenic recombinator as a weapon against mutants. He was targeting the dire race, which we're going to get to here, oh, momentarily. Yeah, yeah, right. we're going to talk, about, and he can defend his wrongness. Yep, um, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to yeah. talk about black woman jumping into the pool? Yeah, we are. Don't, <laughs> All right, just oh, checking. Shit. Don't, don't worry. Oh, um, shit. I, I had you. Uh, one, she could swim. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. <laughs> okay, for real. Like, think about it. Come on. Y'all think I'm being silly. Okay, you take a black woman, you know, just typically from wherever part of America or whatever. Um, if they grew up like in the Midwest or whatever, you, what you taking, Hush? Percentage wise, that they could actually swim. Twenty, eighty, twenty can, eighty can. Yeah, twenty can. Okay, yeah, twenty eighty. And I'm gonna say about in, in men, it's about five percent can and ninety five. Yeah, five ninety five. I agree. Okay, so she. <laughs> <laughs> the army got the army got numbers. 
Yeah. And I'm part of yeah. at this table, we over two. Um so <laughs> So okay, so there's that. There's that part of it. set two, she can die because I mean that's something else too, because people don't know how to be doing that. Black folks will be diving in the water. But you can swim, but I guess you could die too. And then three, like ain't no shower cap or nothing on that hair, huh? You just gonna jump right in? <laughs> No, can, I, can I add a four? It's only a fluff of it now, so. Yeah, still. No. Mm-hmm. All right. She you lost the powers, but I mean, she can still work the, the electric uh, heater cones. Yeah, she's working that natural. She's working that natural. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'll add a four. She's rocking the Jerry Lawler singlet. And <laughs> if they really want to tell a story, they should add her pull the strap down when she gets oh, pissed yeah. off at Forge and pile driving. strap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, she's storming up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just this whole thing. There is a funny bit there. And, oh, man, I'm going to get fired. There is a funny bit. Um, Again? Yeah. Where, uh, where, she gets, where she gets out of the pool and she sees Storm or his leg or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. not like she hasn't seen it, but it's still kind of like a fucked up scene. <laughs> it's like, yo, yes. what? Yeah, she's like, doing a clutch the, pearl, pearl, clutch the pearls moment. It's, well, uh, it's like, pretty damn hilarious. But the way the frame is drawn, like, it's, like, over the shoulder. You can't see her face, but you can kind of get the sense that it's, like, Oh, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, it just, it was weird. But, again, it just, it draws them together, you know. It, that's basically it. Um, they're just pushing them together. And, again, we all know how this goes. They're going to force this relationship uh, that in the future here. It relates that much in the future. It's going to be coming very, very soon here. Um, so, yeah, uh, Forrest tells a story about, man, again, Hutch, this is some whateverness. Yeah, he was in Vietnam. Okay, oh, yeah, how yeah. old is he? Oh, yeah, I was uh, going to bring it up if you didn't, yeah. <laughs> he fought in Nam. That's like 
you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Well, all right, let's let's finish this issue. We can get our hot around. And so when he when he when the dire rape assumes the 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 this gentleman's position, he goes back and attacks Valerie Cooper and tries to take a hold of her. And then, uh oh, Rogue comes in with the hot tag. Like I <laughs> Rogue Gibson. Oh. Yeah, Rogue Gibson is is a straight hot tag. Now how she hasn't been on the podcast in a while. What's your thoughts on Rogue? Rogue is when she first came out, I thought she was a big waste of nut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the heck with the skunk hair and the. I don't and I don't know what the heck she was doing. She steals powers. I'm not a. I wasn't a big Miss Marvel fan, but you're gonna steal it from her and you know permanently damage her, and you have this ability now. You can suck it. Okay. Yeah. Well, she, she's a big part of the book, and especially moving forward, really after this, and once, especially once we get into the two hundred, she becomes a really important part of the book. Um, she drops a. You want to do your rogue impression from X Men animated series when she busts in the room, brother Beavers? <laughs> uh, the only line I can do isn't appropriate here, but I'll throw it out there. I could do her. Well, you know, the primary line is, I got it. Take your powers without hurting you. That's my primary. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh, oh man! Uh, she bursts in through the room and goes, "No, she won't, suckers." Um, <laughs> Luke Cage coming to build in the door instead of Rogue. Yeah, which is, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Um, first off. Valley Cooper is a member of the uh, the NSA, right? National Security Council, whatever. Um, they put her up Super 8. Um, it's an awful hotel room, man. Like, it's super small or whatever. You can only fit two dire rapes in there. She's a freaking national security risk. Um, yeah. Broke um, bust in, and when she says suckers, it's not like Luke Cage. She actually has it all spelled out properly. <laughs> well, suckers. Well, she yeah. does have a yellow shirt on. I mean, she has yeah, everything but a chain <laughs> around her back. <laughs> but it's S-U-C-K-A-H-S. Uh, no. Not suckers. Uh, just saying. Um, and so they're it's like, the draw. Now, they're, yeah. now they're human. Slay it at once. And when they try to stick their tongue, I thought about sticking my tongue for rogue in certain places. Hey! hey, hey. Um, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> but when rogue... Um, when they try to, to attack her, Rogue is remember, I'm I'm invulnerable and I got powers of super strength and I'm Rogue, bitch. And she uh you know <laughs> starts knocking out Dire Race. Brother B, look at that um the the uh the, the sound effect. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was thinking Automatic the same thing. That's pretty solid. Chunt. What is that? That's almost What's the, the C word. Chunt. Yep, chunt. That's almost yeah. the C word. Yeah, it was. It was almost <laughs> freaking chunk. And um, she knocks everybody out, and, you know, Val's trying to escape as well. It just doesn't go well. She has to kill her mentor or whatever. Um, again, it just it's like a big old comic book fight with Rogue, you know, beating the hell out of all these dire rapes. But when they try to get it on her, mm, try to get it on her, and uh, it doesn't really work out, and they try to get it, um, <laughs> try to get it up inside of Rogue. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It just doesn't work. So, yes, the monster is so powerful 
so they're going to have to wind up sending the X-Men out. Um, it, it, it's just this whole big old thing. Rogue winds up taking Files' powers as she's trying to escape. It, it, it's really kind of real comic booky near the end here um, before it shifts back to Storm and Forge. It, it, did I miss any well, part of fortunately, that? Yeah, fortunately, Dr. Nightcrawler is on hand uh, yeah. to save Professor X when he gets the psychic backlash of, of Rogue getting absorbed by the diaries. Yeah, thank you. He is there. Uh, again, he's a therapist, psychotherapist. Uh, I mean, he's got every freaking medical degree of all time. Freaking Nightcrawler's doogie house. I mean, really. Tom, what strength you need for me, mine hair. Whoa. <laughs> I always like that. <laughs> Oh, uh, and so at some point here, um, Ro- uh, Storm and Forge have decided to go all Beauty and the Beast on this ship and <laughs> have a moment. Like, Storm's like, well, you know, I, I mean, there's other stuff I could put on here, but I don't just put on this gown. Go ahead. Um, This is a comic book, right? Correct. Maybe <clears throat> dudes, right? Yes. What in the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Boring the shit out of most of them, I imagine. Oh man, yeah. Forge had the clothes delivered, saying man, like he had them delivered to the house. Like what? Like he really yeah. was like, you know, while well, she's passed out here, let me get some measurements. Thirty-two. Go, go on, go on, play yeah. a pimp. Do your thing. Yeah. Oh, damn, forty-six. So. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and as Brother Beavis constantly says, they didn't do Storm any justice in the club. <laughs> Once again. Once again. Um, so, yeah. So, she comes out in her prom dress, and Forge is so uh, enamored. Yeah, he almost cut uh-huh. he almost had to put another mechanical limb on himself. By almost cutting his thumb off. <laughs> almost, man, because he can't cut anything because he sees it. He's like, oh, you know, she's so beautiful. And then they're both in their heads about what this thing. She's like, well, I guess he didn't like me in my dress. And he's in like, like man, I should have said something. I don't know what to do. It's, it's it really is. I'm sorry, man. Storm deserves better. Uh, like, I thought, I always thought Ford was a punk, to be perfect honest. I never liked him or his powers, and she deserved better. Go ahead. He's basically a mutant Tony Stark. Yeah. 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 Isn't that his power to invent stuff? Yeah, but yeah. that's stupid, by the way. Or stash included. Um, it feels yeah. a, we'll bring, we'll forgive that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just, I mean, it, as you know, it, it's like, do I deserve this or whatever? And then Forrest is like, you know what? I got to play my Trump card. Usually we'll say Trump on bro's pocket. I got to play my Trump card. Let me get this bitch drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. I wasn't gonna do it. But you know what? I got, I, I, let me just speak from personal experience here. Um, sometimes that's where you gotta go. You know I mean, <laughs> really, man. You know your game ain't good enough to to close the deal, to put some points on the board. So you better go with alcohol. That's the only way to get through the game, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you didn't uh-huh. play to steal your woman's powers. No, 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 no. By the way, I'm not advocating, you know. Doing anything. Yeah, don't bad. steal your woman's power. Yeah, we're not advocating doing yeah. anything bad. Just saying, you know what? Just give them the alcohol, man, because you're, you're to make up for your lack of game, basically. <laughs> make you look better. Of alcohol. Yeah, make you look better than you actually are. 
which she does switch from her outfit, so she switches to like a TLC type, like you know, ain't too proud to beg outfit. Yeah, like, some overhauls like, or something. Yeah. Like a, her her uh, overalls or whatever. Um, and you can tell Storm don't drink because when she says she doesn't drink, and then like she's just taking champagne and taking it to the head, like. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, it tickles my nose. It's like, you don't need to pour. You got a paper bag in here? Or anything? You can store it in. Yeah. We paid, how much is it? It cost, what, 75 cents for double issues back in 1984? It might have been a dollar. We paid a yeah. dollar for this? <laughs> but at the time, I don't think that we knew that it might kind of suck. And Forge is trying to say, like, no, girl, you got to sip it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just it's just a lot to see. Uh, yeah, and you know, storm is starting to feel a little tipsy, and you know, might be a little storm going on someplace else as well. And yeah, it it it, it just goes on and on, and you and know, on and on and on and on. And then now storm because and, I mean, again, might speaking from personal experience again, you know, because she took two hits of champagne to the head super fast. Then it becomes this, you know what? I really love you. Then <laughs> she really gets into this whole thing and starts confessing her life and all of her problems. Like, yo, this is that old Dave Chappelle skit. Like, I only smoke weed with black people or, or with white people because exclusively because black people, y'all be putting me down with all your problems. I mean, no, the first lesson I learned was a very harsh one. And then that my elemental abilities were bound with my emotions. Now, here's where we need Rogue to bust in and rattle off a lighten up on the speeches, sugar. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, just a bit much. And then, of course, Forge is like, shit, I gave it two things. It's time, man. Time for the talk. That's it. He's like, I'm going to go. I'm going for it. And, you know, he gives her a kiss. And he's like, you're beautiful. And, you know, well, you are too, girl. So let's see what's going to happen. I've been holding you hostage here, like freaking uh, whatever here for the last few days, weeks, or whatever. So, you know, it's time for me to close the deal. You know, rent ain't free. And um, <laughs> so they try to go through this. But, of course, uh, somebody's a cock blocker. This time it's Val Cooper, not um, – not uh, Henry Peter guy, or not not Professor Xavier, and basically Val Cooper's like, hey, yeah, that dude that you with, yeah, he shot you with a gun and took your powers. Bye, bye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like that too. Yeah, well, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but you know what, uh, man, there's a story I could tell. I'm not sure if I'm gonna tell it, but there's been some phone calls in my life that have put some kiboshes on some materials before, and um, hey, you know, that ain't cool. Basically, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so Storm is like, I can't believe it. And she starts to run up the stairs, but there's all of the um, the the holograms or whatever. And you know, she's confused about where she is. And it just goes on and on and on. And I, I, is this Forge really and, trying and to... She, and she can't operate a remote. <laughs> yeah. And this that, part was, that part is legit. Yeah. <laughs> But is that like her messing up the remote, or is that Forge messing with everything so he can't find out because he know he got found out? So I think this is 
she he has this probably pre-programmed so he can remind himself of what a terrible person he is, and she just stumbles upon it. I think that's what we're supposed to believe. I think it does reach a point where he uses the holograms against her, but right now she has the controls. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it just goes on and on and on. It really does. You know, and finally when we get to the end, hold on, my app went crazy on me. I don't have to go to my backup app. Go, go ahead and finish that, Brother Beavis, if the issue was rounding out. I got to scroll. Yeah, so they sneak in his origin, and you see this scene from the war with basically hellfire raining down and these demons running around. And I don't know if they actually go into it at this point, but you know his backstory is that he <clears throat> he called upon these ancient powers in a time of war, and that sort of marked him for life, and that sort of led him into this reclusive existence where he's sworn off his Native American ways and embraced technology. So there's a, a gang more dialogue on the roof of the building, and uh, she basically says, stay away from me, and gets ready to bounce. Oh, then she does get a, a left cross in. Yeah. The onomatopoeia. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, chalk. Yeah. There was also a cam <laughs> earlier, I noticed, when Rogue wrecked a car. So apparently the CH sound was, was big for uh, Barry Windsor Smith or whoever. Yeah, and yeah. so she uh, they, they talk, and then she hits him, and then they talk some more, and then she bounces. The yeah. end. The merciful end. The merciful <laughs> end. Yeah. It, yeah, it, this, I, this I shit drags, but, yeah. Yeah, it does drag. All right. So we'll get into 187 as I start to power this up, my app, to go to that issue. All right. We talked about it on the last podcast, Rom and the Dire Race. Um, and we ran Big Hotch a little bit because he wasn't there. And yeah. uh, and even though Ron's making an appearance in this, he's going to make an appearance in the issue after this, I believe. And our issue was, like, my issue at least was, I was like, oh, yeah, Ron, that's right, Rom. You know, we were looking through, and I was like, I forgot. And Brother Beavis brought up that Rom was like a toy, and then they created the cartoon afterwards. But then I was like, oh, Hutch liked Rom. Like, he had, like, all the books. So you go ahead and defend yourself if you can on the wrong <laughs> because um, I I can't understand it, bro. Yeah. Um. Yes, I did collect Rom. I think I actually wanted the figure. I did not get it for one of those Christmas holidays or my birthday or for having good grades or bad grades, and I didn't buy it myself. But yes, I was a Marvel file. So yes, I bought the comic book just to see how the character would progress through the Marvel Universe. And they did all the marvel things. They put him up against the, the you know, the A-listers. Well, he started slow, went to the C-listers, but came slowly up and up and up and up. And I followed him all the way through his uh, ROM career. I did it with Dazzler, too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. So, yeah. was Rollin a robot or a person in armor? That was he was a question. person in armor. It was yeah. He was basically the direct came to his planet, ran ramshod. They were like, and, you know, they're about to, you know, they killed a lot of people. And then all the young people at that planet said, "We're going to don these spacesuits and kick their asses off our planet." And they did. And then they were like, "Well, we can't let these people or these things go over the rest of the universe." And, destroy them, so we're going to follow them everywhere. So it's like Iron Man meets Green Lantern meets Disney. So my take was, Rom is one of those things I always read about, like on the chat board, and somebody going off on how great it is. 
And I've just been burned by shit like that so many times. Uh, <laughs> yes, there is always, you know, it's always going to be that one uh, dude with his belly hanging out and the shirt's too small and the belly's too big, like maybe like me. But anyway, that always, that always going to buffer that one character. No matter, I mean, they collected all their books and they still have all of them selling plastic. And you go to the comic store to sell them. They're like, are you fucking crazy? You ain't buying that bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, he'll still bump because, hey, he invested 100 bucks or 200 bucks, And, you know, that's kind of where I was wrong myself. Yeah. Um, after we did the podcast, I was starting to think, I was like, Rob, did he come out before or after RoboCop? Because he has like this kind of, you know, the suit, and if it's a dude, and the little red light coming across, it's like a Cylon. I think way before he was more, yeah, he was more contemporary than Cylon than RoboCop. Okay, okay. Yes, so yeah, I I never got it, huh? You know, I grew up with him my entire life, and I was like, I cannot mess with no Ron Space Knight. This just makes no sense to me. So, um, good luck. Uh, yeah. So, and I, I guess Marvel doesn't own the rights to Rom. No. Or Mattel. Mattel, I think, was the creator of ROM. Yeah. And I think they did a collaboration. And, I, I mean, I guess it was selling because they kept putting out issues. Right. Hmm. How many issues was it, Hutch? I have, I have at least well, I had at least 40 or 50 of them. Oh, damn. Okay. 79 to 86, the Internet is telling me. That's a long time. So, yeah, it had some fans behind it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, check this out. On December 15, 2015, The Hollywood Reporter reported that Hasbro and Paramount are creating a movie universe combining ROM with G.I. Joe, Micronauts, Visionaries, Night of the Magical Light, and Mask. Oh, God. Is, is, your, is, your, is your neck near the uh, microphone so I can clothesline you? <laughs> I'm just telling you the fake news that I'm getting on the Internet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that's awful. Uh, I, there were some rumors out there that it was uh, the the new Transformers movie. I think it's called Transformers uh, something, the Space Knight or the, the last night. The last night. People were like, oh well, because Hasbro has the Transformers. You know, somehow Rom was going to prop up in a Transformers movie, as if there was another reason to not watch the Transformers movie. Um, <laughs> I'll. What? So yeah, I I can't I can't man I, I'm sorry and like I said he doesn't make an appearance here but the Dire Wraiths are all over 187 and all of their little minions too the Dire Wraith minions uh, right. those are not minions those are alternate forms of the Dire Wraiths right they're right it's they were a patriot or they were the women matriarch society from what it worked out to be and yeah the men kind of was subservient. And yeah, they. I mean, they had all type of creatures. I mean, but I don't remember the toy oh, line having all those creatures. I don't remember. There, I don't think there was ever a direct toy, was there? I, I think there was just a Rom toy. I think it was just Rom the character. Man. Yeah. Racer made up. Man. Don't the Dire have something to do with Doctor Strange or something? Nothing. None of us are. They, they kind of. They kind of. You know, once they. I guess he got kind of big, so they started putting them everywhere. Man, Frank Miller drew ROM number one. Wow. Oh, wow. 
They were really behind it, or Frank Miller wasn't Frank Miller back well, then. Well, thank you, Yeah, that, that's back in our it's, it's late Frank 70s. J. Miller, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into 187. Thanks, Hutch, for confessing that. Uh, hey, this cover, we talked about Ramita before, and this is classic Ramita, like detail on the figures and zero background. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no joke. It's literally a yellow blank background. <laughs> Everything else is cool. Podcast, he gets liney. Uh, this is his liney period for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good cover whenever you don't look at the background. The foreground is great with uh, Storm looking like he's going to transform or be transformed into a dire race. The title is called Race Kill. Storm is doing a uh, walk of shame out of uh, Storm's mansion or, or Forge's mansion. Or Fortress of Solitude, or whatever it is. Um, there's was, a was she wearing some? Was she wearing some overhauls when she walked out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm out of here. Right after I change back into these fancy ass clothes. To my style ass clothes. Yeah. This torrential downpour too. By oh, the way. was so, this maybe what she was wearing when she got there? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Was she in prison? She had back. some set of her black outfit, I think. I well, she, well, she found her pump. So, um, no joke. But that storm went through a little Diana Ross phase, I think, man. She's going to change after every little incident. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so she she leaves. The diaries appear. You know, at first she was afraid. You know, she was petrified. You know, she kept she kept thinking she was never going to live without Ford's <laughs> by her side. <laughs> That's not but, Diana Ross. You know, she spent a lot of time thinking about how he did her wrong, and you know she grew strong. <laughs> the tiger race trying to get inside of Forge's building. He's got security signs, and they just start killing everybody. <laughs> but they killed everybody else, and they, you know, they start. By the way, all right, hold up. All right, hold up. Yeah, I got a side bro talk. I, I put a little note on my my little book here. Um all right, so Forge has got this massive security thing, right? He's got all this technology and you know, everything. Okay, so he's hired a grandfather to work oh, security. Man, will be. <laughs> oh, shit. Like I'm gonna get the best technology ever. I'm gonna hire the greatest security team and he hired somebody that got that couldn't greet at Walmart. <laughs> it's just awful. So yeah, so it, it doesn't work. The race are going to get into the building, and in the process of that, they sent Storm's lack of power, I guess. And one of them pops out of nowhere and tries to attack her. Uh, she puts that heel in your face, nigga, like a Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, get out of my face! And she wasn't trying to have it. And if we get all these kind of fights. And then, I, as I like to say, as I was reading this, I'm like, oh, okay, so now she's got to get back into the building. And like, I, 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 apparently the doors are locked, so she goes radio Raheem or, uh, on the on the window. <laughs> Burn it down! So yeah, so she busts through the window. Uh, the race follows through, and you just get this whole battle. And now we got a kind of side topic on this. None of us are Native American, obviously, uh, but. We got to talk about the the, <laughs> the the natural nativeness of the Native Americans here. Uh, what was the line when we went over the Alpha Flight stuff with Shaman Brother Beavis? 
Wait, I'm but, sorry. I was, I, I, was, I was. I had to. I had to move the phone away from my uh, my my ear because I was laughing at the irony of your statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that none so, of us Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, none of us on Brothers Comics are Native Americans. So that I had to. I had to excuse myself from the podcast. So you're going to repeat your question. What What was that line? <laughs> For Shaolin every uh <laughs> in the alpha flight. Oh man, I blocked that out. Uh, <laughs> oh no no, he he was, no, no it was it was it was he had to identify himself as a Charzi medicine man or some shit like that. Yeah. Where he left the Charzi uh uh so he could go study the white man's medicine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was yeah, another case yeah. of like somebody who turned away from their ancient ways to embrace well, culture before returning. Yeah, like Forge. Yep. And Sean. Yeah. Yep. And then it's always that, you know, the keep it real Native American yep. is always like, hey, well, you better keep it around. You know, you better don't lose your roots. And forget, forget where you came from, Ricky. And yep. um, <laughs> it, it, it's always kind of there. And this guy is there. His name is Nazi. I'm surprised his name ain't Maze. You call it corn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of terrible. Um he blows away a dire race, and basically he's like, you know, I'm going to help you out, uh, and i got to help for that. Is, is this is like his stepfather or his native father or something like that? I can't remember what it was. He's just that, that know-it-all from the tribe who's always trying to tell you to not go to the white man's devil and all that. <laughs> Noted. He's also a shaman, naturally. Well, yeah. 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 Again, as as often as times we get on this podcast and talk about, man, you know how what how they treat black folks in these comic books is fucked up. Um, how they treat Native Americans, Asian people in these comic books is really fucked up. How they treat everyone that's not a white male. <laughs> that's how you were trying to construct that statement. Yeah, it, it's it's bad. I mean, actually, I, how they treat everyone who's not an American white male. Yeah, that's that too. I mean, it's just bad. Like, I was like, man, come on. You know, you got to be thinking about it. You know, I'm already in a marginalized group, but I'm not nearly as marginalized as some marginalized groups. And I was like, if I was reading this and I was a Native American dude, I'd be like, you know what? I'm about to take up something else. You know, like, that's kind of <laughs> you know, like, this is not for me. So, but anyway, they're trying to get forged. They can shape shift into these, like, pterodactyls or pterodons or whatever, too. I didn't even know that, Brother Beaver. I just thought there was some other whack villain that came jumping in there. Like, I think that's I mean, a different form. Yeah. They can shape shift, too. Yeah, the Deathwing form. Yeah. I mean, you can see how they're a good comic book villain because you can hit, shoot them and kill them and blow them up and nobody cares because they're not, you know, they're just monsters. So. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is not. This is not true. They mutated. I was thinking they could turn into this uh, stupid. There's another form coming up, the Hellhound, and I thought they mutated from from Dire Race, but not. They mutated ordinary dogs, and so I don't know if they can. These might be their minions. I might have to retract my earlier statement. I don't have 48 issues of Brown, so I, I'm not an expert on that. Yes, you can read up on them on your our Marvel path. I'm only I'm only Wikipedia deep on on Rom and the and the diary. Of course, um, as they're as they're um, starting to get ready to go fight the shaman 
and Storm, you know, they're getting some shotguns or whatever, and now you get a flashback sequence to some foreshadowing. Wolverine was like, you know, hey, someday you might not have your powers. You learn how to shoot guns. <laughs> He's like, spoiler alert. One of Wolverine's unknown mutant, latent mutant powers has been able to tell the future, apparently. Well, I mean, uh, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe Wolverine has seen a whole bunch of black horror movies before. Like, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you you going to lose your, if you don't die, you're going to lose your powers or something because they're going to try to do something to you. So you better learn how to shoot a gun or something. Um, so, yeah. Uh they are basically kind of trying to get to fours. They can't find him. There's another shape-shifting form, the demonic hellhounds. Uh, they still can get shot and killed and the shaman. It, it's just a whole big old comic book thing. Uh, you know, I mean, as you were reading through this, Sandman, what were you thinking? Storm got off some nice black panties, by the way. Uh, yeah, I saw that, too. I was uh, going to mention that, too. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, like, what in the hell is going on in this crazy-ass fucking book? That's what I was going to uh, recapping when I was going through it again. I mean, there's a whole lot of action going on, but man, you gotta kind of like double back sometimes to kind of remember, mm-hmm. like, okay, what, who the fuck are they fighting? Who is this? Why are they shooting it? What, where do you come from? So, yeah, it's um, I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on, but um, it's um, packed with action <laughs> at the very least. But yeah, you can lose yourself quick if you don't know, um, you don't um, keep a keep your mind right on what's going on in this damn book. Uh, Brother B, the storm has become quite adept at not having powers in about uh, two issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she Bruce Lee all the you time. Know, yeah. yeah, this is like her continued push to keep her relevant. But, yeah, I think they were trying to make up for last issue. They're like, uh, we, we probably spent too much time on the love story. We do need some action. Yeah, there's some subtle points in this story. Like, I agree. Like, I had to, I was like, wait a minute, who did the what? I, I was going back and forth trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, because there's really no, like, explanation, or if it is, it's buried in the lead that, you know, like, yeah, by the way, yeah, they could turn into pterodactyls, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brother, there's some hellhounds here. Yeah, we're like, wait, what, 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 well, what, what? Although, yeah, you could yeah. go back, speaking of her losing powers, I mean, you could go back to was it 175 or whatever, where Wolf, where Magneto took all their powers away. So, you know, they've had periods where they haven't been able to use their powers. So it's not like the first time. But, yeah, she did get over all her grief, and, and, you know, she's drawn upon all her old skills pretty quick. Right. (laughs) We're recording that. I'm sorry. We're recording it. Uh, Big Hutch's house here, and his roommate has a cat who is crazy, apparently. It's just. I don't know, man. It's just attacking itself. All right, so if you hear that background, <laughs> boy, it's just a cat attacking itself. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on in this book. Um, of course, the Native American fella at a point gets a, you know, uh, has to get a Native chant out. Okay! Uh, as he shoots up some, it's just a mess. And then here's the one thing I didn't understand. Like, is this a hologram or is it the danger room or something? Like, when Storm finally gets to where she needs to go, the, the rainstorm went to a snowstorm. That's now, outside. That's on the okay. roof. But it was a rainstorm before, right? Yeah, and so I can't, I think they explain that. I think they imply that maybe it's like her power is still manifesting in some way, but I think there's something else going on, and I, I'd have to sift through it to figure it out. Yeah, it ain't worth it, though. It does snow in Dallas occasionally. 
Yeah, not like this. <laughs> no, it's a snow. It's a snowstorm yeah. in this book. It's uh, yeah, it don't do that. I mean, they allow her to get in. They put her in these situations where she's trapped, and then she's not trapped, and she gets opportunities to escape. I mean, the book again. We're being nerds, but it's all. I mean, it's action packed, and there's a lot going on. But in the overall sense of things, of stories for the X Men. And we get one more of this when Rom does show up in the next issue. Like, it's not like this was something that's going to stick with us for the 30 years, Hunch, right? Like, I mean, do you remember much of this? And you like the damn Rom and Tyrate. I do, and I forgot about them being in the X-Men. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it, I mean, it just goes on. Um, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, we're just kind of skipping through a whole bunch of this. Um uh, I'm kind of just trying to get to the point, you know, everybody, they're fighting against him, and I'm just trying to get to the point where the X-Men finally show up so we can start making fun of Colossus with his punk uh, ass. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, nice yeah. uh, everybody gets a power up in terms of their, um, a level up in terms of their suits. Rogue gets a, a shiny new green costume, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And then um, Colossus, how would you describe Colossus? <laughs> Um, costumes? Would you call it leotard esque? Over the shoulder diaper? Unitard? I mean, it, it, it's really interesting. Unitard? Yeah, yeah, man. That's <laughs> yeah, so they get there, and then they get this big comic book fight. You know, again, Colossus can be useful here because he can fight against demons. You would think, all right, well, you know, Colossus is about to get in, you know. He's about to do his thing. Of course not. <laughs> and he's about to get his brain eaten, but he gives him a nice kick. He lashes out with the force of a pile driver with his kick. Um, but And then Storm still has to save him, though. I mean, it's just, like, he can't fight, Hutch. Like, I mean, really, it's your boy. He can't fight. He's, he's Superman. He can't fight. He's got what good good fighting yeah, he's, ability, good, right? yeah. <laughs> he's a little clumsy in his powers, I agree. No, it's bad. It's not clumsy. <laughs> we just need to admit it, man. That's, that's no problem with admitting that. So um and then the Storm funny Earth, thing uh, is too, like the X Men right now is basically Colossus and Rogue, right? Because Wolverine's yeah. like got all his stuff to do. Nightcrawler's working on his doctorate in night school. So, <laughs> and Xavier is walking but not walking. You know, he yeah. can't really do anything. Yeah. So, you know, Xavier put himself on punishment. You know, so it, it, it's just this fight. Now, so, Colossus gets to drop the big girl. Why didn't you use your lightning? Um, <laughs> and then, like, Rogue is like, oh no, because like, it was meant for me. And she got white girl guilt, but it ain't. <laughs> And then finally, like, Rom shows up. Now, Hush, who is this, this gold person here? Now, you you know read 48 of these books. Who that? That was, I think that was his, there was some girl he met on the planet. What was her name? Or Starshine or something? What was her name? Wait a minute. Uh, Sound like a transformer. Yeah. (laughs) Rom's girlfriend. Come on, bro. I mean, honestly. But it wasn't really them. You know, he had made some holograms because that's what he do. But they were scared. You know, they thought it was the original ROM or whatever. Then they Starshine, I think. Yeah, Sunshine. Starshine. 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 
Was I right? Yeah, you were right. Thank you, thank you. And then uh, there's another transformation of these uh, of the dire race into these. What the hell are those? I don't know. And then they snatch them up, and then that's the end of the issue. And then so here, this is the part that I had to go back on. And so they're on the page where right after Storm gets in from the cold, they all get like brain blasted by this amalgam of Nays and the Dire Race and everybody else. And so what has happened here, this is the setup for the Fall of Mutants where Nays, as he's getting destroyed by the Dire Race, calls on the adversary, which is the force that Forge tapped into, that lets him come back into the world and sets that up for the crossover Fall of Mutants, like 224. Okay. So and so I think that is the that's the genesis of these other creatures that basically they change out the dire race for some other nameless weird demon creature. That's the influence of the adversary that was caused when Naze was destroyed by the dire race. Got it. I, I don't think they make that clear here, but that's what's going on. And that's a that's a Claremont special too, where he's buried something very important in a book that. You know, you know, it's just in a moment that was so far away that you wouldn't think about it, and you're going to get a chance to follow through on it 36 issues later. Literally three years later that that's going to come back up. That's amazing that he would do that. and that, But that is a Claremont special, that it would come back. And that's why you had to read all these books, you know, basically all, you know, not at the same time, but you had to read them in some sort of continuity or at the same time to be able to connect all the dots. You're welcome. Thank you, yeah. Ron. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it, it speaks to how disconnected current comic books are. Like you could read one issue and then pick up one probably ten years later, and there wouldn't be any connection to it because yeah. it's either been restarted, rebooted, or re- retconned two or three times at that point, so it doesn't really matter. And I think that's probably the, one of the biggest difference between cons then and cons now. Would you agree, Sandman? Yeah. Um, um, that was a lot you just said. <laughs> what was it again? Well, the, um, you know, well how much of that is unique to Claremont, though? Is is one question you have to ask. Was that the was that Claremont or is that comics in the eighties? Right. We've established that Claremont loves to write, man. He loves for you to read. So I think that was more a, a Claremont thing than it was comics at the time. Um, um, yeah, he just likes to. He just loves for you to read because I'm I'm looking forward to the next issue. And my God. It is just another issue of line on top of line on top of line. That's just what he did. Yeah. yeah and we, when we started off this, when we started this off, we were going to hit the main stories in the X Men, and there was a you know we went through a few big ones, but we've reached the point where you, you it's hard to find issues to skip because it's become one continuous story, and even in the dumber stories, there's elements of it, whether it's like plot lines or character development that have ripples throughout the whole continuity. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, and like I said, when we get through this, we get a chance to finally finish off these freaking dire race and whatnot. Um, but it does take some time. There's even a callback in, like, the next issue to that damn shark um, yep. in 176. <laughs> um, the, the sky shark from where the hell was yeah, the, you know Cyclops and his short short shark short short shark there is a call back to that so, I mean it's just it's, it's just something else man I'm telling you alright but anyway alright so that is the the brothers 
comics portion of the podcast, uh, which uh, the the side topic this week is the Logan review. We're a couple of weeks out, but um, it's still fresh in the minds of whoever. Now, uh, Brother Beaver, Sandman, and I have seen it. Big Hutch and G's. Um, I'm kind of boy, not boycotting, but I'm waiting for a red box. Okay, so he's waiting for a red box. I saw it on an international screening, uh, two screenings, one in Russian and one in Spanish. Um, <laughs> Towards the beach. Yes. Uh, so, um, all right. Now, Sandman, that you put out there, like you sent it out, uh, like as on one of our group texts, like because you saw it opening weekend, and you sent out and you put some very high praise on that movie. Um, yeah. Very high. Yes, hey, you did more than once. We gotta make fun of you anyway. So, mm-hmm. I just want so y'all can go to hell with that. By the way, so <laughs> please continue. So okay, so. All right, so you put some high praise on it. So you want to go ahead and go first as yeah. you, you enjoyed it. So go ahead and explain what you enjoyed about it. I um I was surprised on how um this movie is sad. <laughs> Let me say that first of all. <laughs> it's a lot of uh it's a lot of emotion going on. I mean, it's a confluence of events. You got Hugh Jackman is going to, supposedly this is his last Appearance as Wolverine, but they're already trying to build him up and get him back in for uh, Deadpool. So we'll see whether that's true or not. But um, it's very um, it's emotional, man. And um, like I said, it's a, all these things kind of came together just to make this perfect storm of a movie. Um, and what I said to you guys in the text was it's comparable in parts to The Dark Knight, I think, and, um, in terms of quality. And uh, storytelling, which completely took me by surprise. I didn't think Fox could do something like this uh, with the with the X Men. Anyway, I mean it's it's not an X Men um, ensemble piece like they like they are the tr- traditionally been. It's just uh, Wolverine or Logan, uh, Professor X, and of course eventually X twenty three. If y'all didn't know yet, and it's just a kind of a family story, a weird family story, but uh, them trying to basically survive in a dystopia of a future and the story of it's very touching i thought you know and how uh, um it works out in the end and obviously i'm not going to give anything away because you ain't seen it yet but uh, uh the way it ends yeah yeah um, you can, i mean way, we can spoil it he does i don't i don't think he cares how should you care if you spoil it i'm good with it. Okay, so, okay. Well, I mean, I heard that uh, Professor X has uh, dementia or something. Yeah, bad. Yeah, Alzheimer's, basically. Yeah, basically, he basically just freezes everybody within, like, miles, I guess. Uh, You can't, you don't really see exactly how far, but it's anybody within range of him when he has these attacks just gets frozen, and uh, more more or less. You can move, I guess, painfully, because Logan does and has to to kind of how, um, as it turns out, uh, help them survive because they're fighting the enemy when he has an attack one time. And he just literally <laughs> just kills everybody that was um, in his way to get to Professor X. And that's another thing. The level of violence in this is unbelievable. This is hard R, man. Um, you don't take your kids to this. Please don't take your kids to this because they're going to have nightmares of all the people that he ends up killing. Um, of course, in Deadpool? Oh God, yes, 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Deadpool was pretty bad, too. I haven't seen that in a while now. But this one is, I mean, it is blatantly bloody and graphic. The, from, like, the very first scene where uh, these cats tried to jack Wolverine's uh, limo. He's driving a limo in this in this future. And they try and literally, he's sleeping in it, and they trying to jack it from out under him. He, he gets out, and, of course, they attack him. He goes on to the Berserker Rage. I mean, it just <laughs> cuts them to ribbons, literally. I mean, it was strangely satisfying, I, I was, I'm surprised to say. Um, I mean, it's um, this is a very, uh, very, very good uh, film, I think. I, mean, I was very surprised. What do you guys think? Uh, Brother Beavis? I did not enjoy the movie. <laughs> and... With with a week off, uh, I I don't have to start this rant by screaming and ranting about it. Uh, that makes for better radio, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, so you know, one of my pet peeves is like it's the big highbrow move to take powers away from people and call it a superhero movie, and it's the dumbest fucking thing that I've ever seen. The, this continual approach to just like, I wonder what these people would be without their powers. And so I saw this movie, you know, we talked about it in advance. I, I, I got exactly what I was expecting. And so there's a cause and effect there, I'm sure. But it was, to me, it was a masturbatory send-off of Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart as a thank you for carrying our billion-dollar franchise. Uh I think there there was just tremendous logic flaws in the movie. I think that the the violence was like so over the top, added nothing to the narrative. And as far as I can tell, the point of the movie was life sucks, and if you kill people, you'll be sad when you die. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Um, damn, boy. Uh, <laughs> now, I was trying to find this clue. <laughs> uh, Here we go. All right. Um, uh, I was trying to find a clip from uh, sneaking in the movies from Hollywood Shuffle where they cut back from the movie, and he's like, man, that's <laughs> bullshit. But I oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to slide it in post production. Um, okay, me. Um, again, I will grantedly say that I saw it on an international screening, so I know I'm going to miss some of the emotion. Two times. Two times. That's right. Um, and I know I'm going to miss some of the emotional weight from it. Um, I was not. I, I fell asleep watching this movie twice. That's why I had um, two different language screenings. Oh, um, I was I was not overly impressed, and especially, you know, and not just from you, Sam, man. Like a lot of people had hyped it up. Yeah. Like oh, so like oh man, this this you know whatever. And I think we've talked about this on this not not thing. I know we talked about this on this podcast that this movie suffers from the Attack of the Clones effect that because the movies that came before it were so shaky and crappy that anything that was credible was going to look better. Again, and like Batman 
skins, if you go back and look at it later on, you're like, yeah, this was better than Batman and Robin, but it doesn't necessarily make it a good movie. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, so, yes, it's excessively violent, and the language is definitely unnecessary, like the entire part of it. It's just, um, and again, ooh, what do I care about language? But it's excessively vulgar for no reason. And then the violence is a little bit um, cartoony violency, but, I mean, not altogether there. Man, I'm just cat, dude. Um, so it's, like, it's just weird. And so, like, all the emotional beats that I was supposed to get, like, oh, man, Xavier's got dementia or whatever, you know, and, you know, if he doesn't get this secret medicine from Mexico, like, he can't, you know, he'll his powers run amok, and he's already killed a bunch of people in, you know, New York, which is why they put him away and put him in this thing. And then, again, we're spoiling the hell out of this. So, you know, Xavier, you know, dies because the whoever created X-23, they created X-24, which is doppelganger, evil Wolverine Logan. And, you know, he wears life beaters too, but he's got dark hair. Like, his hair ain't gray. I was just like, um, basically. Like, I was just like, I was kind of – it was paint by numbers, man. It, I, that's how I saw it. It was, it was like, okay, we got to we got to get from point A to point Z, and we got to color every single line of this this movie. And that and that's what I thought that they did. They introduced X twenty three. I thought she was, you know, fair enough. I like the fact that she spoke Spanish and wouldn't speak to him. Like you know, she couldn't barely knew English. I like that part. I thought that was funny. Um, but they also made her into like this super duper killer or whatever at age I don't know eleven. You know, like there was yeah. no chance. They, you know, nobody was getting offense on her, brother Beef. You yeah. know what I mean? The part that I had struggled with is like, so you you clearly see Wolverine has no regard for human life at this point. Like if you if you mess up his car, that's claws to the head. You yeah. you know, call yeah. him a bitch, that's claws to the head. That's a fact. But, and, yeah. and Wolverine, and so Professor Xavier has killed the. I think they attributed six hundred deaths to him with his seizure, including half a dozen or more X-Men. So that's what his, his mind is capable of doing. Wolverine killed Jean Grey, and he wanted to fuck her. So Damn. why would he not just kill Professor Xavier at this point? <laughs> to me, there's a much better movie if Wolverine doesn't kill anyone in the movie and won't kill Professor Xavier, perhaps because he already killed Jean Grey and he's not going to do that again. But the fact that you have him murdering everybody from start to finish of the movie makes me question, well, if you don't care about people, what do you care if his powers go amok again? And if you don't care about people and you already killed the bitch you wanted to get it in on, why would you not kill Professor Xavier? So if you start with that, then the, then the point of the movie is, is what exactly? And so then there's all sorts of stuff layered in, like, uh, like apparently if you get to the state line – then the, the Reavers have to stop chasing you. You know, if you get yeah, to Canada, that's, it's all good. That part, but they that already part went into Mexico. Sense, yeah. They already went into Mexico, so what's that about? The other yeah. thing that really bothered me is, like, I know the mad scientist, like, the identity they gave him, I think, you know, he's consistent with Wolverine's story or whatever. But why could that not have been um, – why could that not have been Sinister and Marauders and the Morlock Massacre at least alluded to? Now they can't really tell that story because they already kind of did. They blew their nut on that here. There's no connection of this to anything in the franchise. Like if you have the kids like run across the 
Joker and there's some gray-haired dude with a big gun and you catch the glint of his eye like maybe as a cyborg eye, you could sell the story like, oh, they ran and Cable got him and that's going to be X-Force and we'll bring them back. And so, But there's none of that to connect it to the rest of the movies. And so yeah. just as a long attempt at an Oscar movie with a drama disguised as a superhero movie, fuck this movie. That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a comic book movie. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. It's they, you, you were right about the um, deconstruction part. I would not call this a comic book movie. It's um, very much like part Western, part, I don't know, part action movie, part whatever. It's um, it's an amalgam. It really is. I, I, liked, I liked the acting in it. Um, yeah, you're right about the uh, the violence. It is very over the top, but I, I think it worked on a lot of people. I'm no, telling yeah. you, because... Yeah, I think Patrick I'm, Stewart was great, and I think his character arc was cool. I think Wolverine's right. acting was impacted by the fact that 90% of his dialogue was fucking shit. And, in fact, when he goes, like, one of his big Oscar moments is when he tells X-23, like, uh, uh, people I people I like, bad shit happens to them. Like, really? That's... That's how we express ourselves for these moments. Yeah. And so there was like this dude in the theater was like, oh, I'm like, really, really? So I was laughing at the big drama moments because to me, I was like worn out by that time. The other thing too is like, so having your heroes be the villains, we've talked about that with Batman versus Superman. It's like the laziest thing to do. Having your villain be the protagonist of the movie also, uh, come on. Like, why couldn't that have been Sabretooth? Why couldn't they have cloned him and had Liv Schreiber, who he looked yeah. exactly yeah. like anyway? Right. Yeah. There's just, yeah. to me, there was like more things sense. they could have done to made it part of the franchise, still made the same movie they wanted to do, and, and sort of, you know, made it useful. But in the absence of that, it was like, all right, Hugh Jackman, do whatever you want. Right. And and I'm you know and there's also a, a side brother topic here and that's in, built into that movie too. Um, and I think I was I was watching it. I think I text because I was actually I took a day off of work not to watch this movie. I just needed a mental health break. And <clears throat> I was watching the movie and uh, so the black family shows up. Oh um, yeah. That part. Oh Eric Lasalle, that uh, yeah. and I can't remember the female lady's name. Um, the actress can't remember her name, and they got a son or whatever. They're in the middle of some freaking Midwestern state or whatever, and they come to stay with them. And I was just like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. No other niggas showed up in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this ain't going to huh. turn out too good. And um, and I texted that to Sandman. He was like, yeah, I hated him for that shit. And I, had no, I already knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I felt I gave up. I gave away too much there, yeah. But you knew what was going to happen. It wouldn't have, as soon as they showed up on the screen saying, man, I knew what was going to happen. And I was yeah. like, you, it, it's, it's such a trope. You take the one black family that survived whatever apocalypse this is, and mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let me. Let it me wasn't even this. apocalypse. It's just the advance of society. And here yeah. they are living this idealistic life that's 100 years behind the times. It's right. 2029, and they're trying to get a corn farm together. Yeah, and they're, they're farmers you know, or something. Yeah. And, and it's like, all right, well, we, you know, come on, we can help you, you know, white folks, you know, get you to yep. be where. And of yep. course, they get freaking slaughtered. I mean, it's just, yeah, like, yeah, that was, it was that was a major turnoff when I saw yeah, that. I mean, I really... There was no reason. It, that seemed like they got to the end of that 
some whoever storyboarded that movie. They got to the end and was like, "Hey, it's 2029. Ain't no niggas in this movie." Yeah. Oh, well, and the Mexicans were gangbangers or yeah. nannies. And yeah, it was not a good. It was not a good movie for diversity or inclusion. No, it was just it was it was a it was a poor choice there. And like I said, it has two two large emotional beats. And again, we're gonna spoil the hell out of this. One, Xavier dies, um, and you know, poor Xavier, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, go ahead, Hush. I won't say again. Yeah, no, well, yeah, well, this time I think it's permanent. And yeah, then, well, he's, uh, yeah. And then Wolverine dies at the end, and this allegedly emotional moment. Like his powers, yeah, <laughs> his powers. Pretty much. Gone the way, like the first, the funny, thing, the the funniest part of this, this nigga is what three hundred years old, and the first thing to go for him is his sight. Like he's like having to put on reading glasses. So I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. All right, <laughs> like seriously, you're like what? We'll read. Don't need some uh some freaking uh some uh them blue pills to get your dick up. Now, no, yeah, here's his vision. First thing to go. So um like I was like okay whatever, and he dies. Like he gets killed by X twenty four essentially. His doppelganger kills him, and you know he has an emotional scene with his daughter Laura. And, you know, she holds his hand and he passes into whatever mutant afterlife or whatever. I mean, again, the, 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 I think the emotional weight of that movie and scene was completely lost for me, one, from an international screening, and two, that they didn't earn it. Um, that's basically it. Uh, because of its, its inability to connect itself with anything else, I just didn't feel it. Because I know, given the opportunity, they were just like, yeah, that was just a one-off. You know, you know, and they'll stick Wolverine or if you jack yeah. it in the You know, the other thing too that bugged me was like, you know, the last, you know, the last stand. He's got this big. I'm gonna storm through the forest and slice everybody that I encounter. It's the same. It's the same climax from that terrible movie. Right. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I, I and didn't enjoy and it. why? And tell me, you know. Why do we have to have the adamantium bullets? Remember, they caused him his memory yeah. loss, but they blew the yeah. fuck out of X twenty four skull. And right. guys, there are holes in your skull. You don't need if brain damage kills Wolverine. A shot in the eye, a shot in the mouth. These things would have killed him all along. I mean, that was a that was a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I I just yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, like I said, uh, I understand why. And I understand people would like it, but I just can't. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, it, it just didn't do anything for me. I, I, I did not feel. I think what I was supposed to feel, and so it was pretty much lost on me for the most part. So, what would you rate it on a scale of one to ten? Well, Five. where would you put it in the midst? Where would you rank it with the other two movies? First of all. The other two the Wolverine, Wolverine movies? Oh, God, I ain't even close. I mean, this is me. And I use this all the time. It's really like being the tallest midget. I put it at one, to be honest with you. Um, Damn. It, it has to be one of the other Wolverine movies. It'd be one, the Wolverine, and then Origin. Oh, but you mean one on top. I thought you'd be okay. The, yeah. <laughs> the Wolverine movie was great up until the Silver Samurai was a big, gigantic robot. Yeah, yeah that, that, that third act was terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I don't disagree with that, but I'm sitting here thinking if you force me, like you have to watch another Wolverine movie right now, I'm not sure it would be that one. I think I would watch either of the other two before I watch that again. Or because yeah, yeah, because it is so like it is like my wife's favorite movie is uh, Requiem for a Dream, and that is like just a horrific movie about people's descent into drug abuse and destruction. Yeah. And that's about as entertaining as this movie. It's a it's like, <laughs> like I told her before, like I've sat through movies that she loves and I just turned to her and like, why do you watch movies that make you feel awful? And yeah, this so. movie is like, it was just like, what is it? Like, it was just horrible. The world is yeah. bleak. This is the last. It's, ve- it's very bleak. It, yeah, it's it very just, bleak. Cool. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's like an anti-Marvel movie. It really is. So yeah. It, now, it, it ain't for everybody. Let me say that first of all, <laughs> it's definitely not. And you can see that on our our, our different opinions because I mean we are completely on the uh, yeah. different opposite sides of the spectrum on this one. So and I, and I, I will say like I think you know I I don't I'm not surprised that people like it's a it's obviously a well made movie and and there's virtue to it. But you know I'm somebody who believes the comic book guy from The Simpsons had some very valid points, and so uh, that movie for me is you know. <laughs> Uh, and then the the kind of other topic that's related to that is what we talked about is about now because the Wolverine has made a of a seen amount of money now everybody's back on the and Deadpool made an obscene amount of money now it's like oh you know what we we could do an R in movie absolutely you know everybody's back on this bandwagon and thinking that it works like they can do that and I think again. It worked for Deadpool because of the character. It could work for Wolverine because of the character and its origin. But yeah, it has to, yeah, it has to make we, sense though. Yeah, do we Wolverine a, and Deadpool would make it, sense for those characters? Yeah, yeah, do we need a rated R Wonder Woman movie? Hot. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, rated R Wonder Woman. She's a fighter warrior whose comic book has d- dipped deep into some violent crap from time to time. So, you know, hey, you know, Wonder Woman could be rated R. Why why not? You know, people would say. But do we need a rated R Wonder Woman movie? I don't think we need one, but I guess it would be different. I guess what I don't know what they're gonna they're gonna make it like three hundred meets Wonder Woman. I mean, maybe. It's in World War One, so it's they could include as much violence as they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just you know, I, I, I think that's a mistake. That's a, a that's a lesson that Hollywood will forever not learn. It's like, yeah. well, it works for these two, so let's make a rated R cable and X-Force movie because yeah, why that's not? That's what they're going to do. That's what they're right. going to do. And to yeah. me, like, Wolverine cutting loose in X2 is as satisfying or more as seeing him stab people in the head with blood right. coming out both sides of the wound. I mean, it's just... It's, it, it loses weight. It's like the Justice League killing robots in the first season. It loses weight when you just mow down red shirts. And I, it, it's, <laughs> yep. No, you're right. You're completely right. And it's just like, why not just let it be? Like, you know, the movies were fine at PG and PG-13. Like, they're fine. Like, they're fine. Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, again, you could have made the uh, – uh, Logan at PG-13. Like, there was no reason to make that movie rated R. 
who wasn't. You could have seen him hacking and slashing and Laura hacking and slashing and not seen all the blood and whatnot. You know, it's just trying to turn it into like a, you know, Game of Thrones type situation. Huh? No, I'm going to say it, but that's, this is what, the seventh or eighth movie with him in it? With the, in the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've seen everything to this point. You might as well just have him cussing too. Yeah. I'm excited to see that movie yet. Right. I, I would have sooner rather have seen him in the yellow and blue costume than see him put claws <laughs> on somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I, I do have to amend my assessment. I had said it was Little Miss Sunshine meets The Walking Dead minus zombies. It's yeah. actually Little Miss Sunshine plus The Walking Dead with cyborgs instead of zombies because you have to kill all the cyborgs by stabbing them in the head. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did that a whole lot too. Yeah, yes, they did. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, like when I was thinking about it later on, I was like, you know what? That was probably the most competent version of the Reavers that you could have done, and you mm-hmm. just blew it. You know Realistic I mean? version. You yeah, you blew it. Like you blew it in a sense. Like, well, you know, we'll put them in a one-off and never see them again. When in actuality, they could have served a function in a much larger, you know, movie or universe. And they just blew it. Right. And I, well, but you said this is a one-shot movie, more than likely. Though. No, this is a, it's a one-off, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. This is this is an Elseworlds tale. This is a pocket universe that they'll never they'll never try to dupli- duplicate this. I mean, because it's it, and I think that's why they gave it, the, the director so much freedom and the R rating and you know everything involved with it is just you know it was like well we're never really going to do this again so just go crazy with it and it actually you know it connected with a certain crowd so yeah the non-continuity of it all i think is a big part of it and mm-hmm. great i mean but i just like I, you know i think we're all kind of getting to that point where it's like you know what maybe this movie wasn't made for me you know like there was there's a great bit i saw on uh uh facebook the other day that it was like you know uh like an older black dude it was like how I listen to rap music now, or like how I hear it now. And so now, when I was younger, you know, I heard every word like, yo, this, that, motherfucker, shit. Now I hear, uh, uh, uh. Maybe it just ain't meant for me. Like, it's just not made for me anymore. And, like, I might be able to enjoy it in, in, in its general sense, but in the overall sense, it's just not made for me. And I, and that's kind of how I felt maybe uh, about this. It's like, maybe this is not really all together for me. It doesn't necessarily make it all bad, but it's just not made for me. So, I mean, that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're like, uh, you know, kind of two-thirds on on Logan. Uh, I, would, I would like to see it on a non uh, – international screening that I probably spoiled on it now, but like at least maybe I would think that I would feel different about it. Hopefully Hutch will see it at some point in time. I know female perspective saw it and she was probably closer to me um, that she, I think she, she said she fell asleep trying to watch it. So um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. I don't, I, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hutch. No, no, hey, nothing. I got nothing. I'll watch it eventually, but I'm still behind on Doc Strange, Ant Man. Uh, <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ! <laughs> Batman versus you like team? Okay. Uh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Oh my God, dude! Be ten years trying to catch up. Yeah, come on, bro. It's terrible. The movie's gonna be out. So, all right. 
All right, so that's it. So that'll wrap up the Thursday comic book corner for Brothers Comics this week. Um, let's see, looking ahead, uh, what is Brothers Comics business? We got uh, South Carolina Comic Con coming up uh, in two weeks. Um, there's that. Star Wars Celebration coming up in April. Uh, my Florida Retro Con coming up in April as well. Um, you know, so just a few cons here in the spring. Um, and then we also do have, and I think I'm going to make us do it, and uh, uh, there's uh, ways to do it without pain. Um, I, I think uh, it, there's an X-Men, I think, Prime book coming out to get you ready for X-Men Blue and Gold. I think we might take a little break, like, after we kind of get through 200 and, you know, kind of check those out uh, to see. Uh, I know we've been talking about it since they announced it. Um, it's not very exciting, but I'm just trying to think that it might, you know, just we, we got to give it a chance. You know what I mean, Sandman? We just got to give it a chance to see what they're going to do. I'll give it a chance. Yeah. It, we'll see. I mean, I don't have high hopes, but I'll we'll see what happens. Give me the copy later. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 find, we'll, we'll find a place where you can actually read it there, brother, uh, or Big Hunch. Brother Beavis, would you be down with that? Yeah, I said I wanted to read it until you guys haze me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't hate you. It's just it won't, I was you know. like, oh, shit, blue and gold. You're like, man, this shit. Like, oh, yeah, I hate it, too. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, 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 we'll figure that out. So uh, I, I think I, I kind of want to uh, read it just to see. Maybe it'll spark something, but I'm doubting it because uh, I'm finishing up X-Men versus Inhumans, and that's making me hate my life at this point. <laughs> and damn. <laughs> it's, that, it's, it's so pointless. So, um, how, so how has that developed since uh, Dazzler defeated Black Bolt? Yeah, uh, it's developed like my math skills. <laughs> Dazzler defeated Black Bolt? Please yeah. tell me that's not true. Oh, it's God. very true. Um, and um, again, I've hated my life ever since. Um, yeah. So yeah, now like I said, we're crossing where we usually stop for these podcasts, so I won't do that. But there, there's another side brother topic here that I'll throw out there for next week. But um, we're good. All right. So you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Trying to get on Podbean as well. I'll be looking out for that. It might be there by the time this podcast posts on Podbean. Um, so whatever your favorite app streaming app is, go ahead and listen to the podcast. You can uh, subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Um, that always helps us out when we do that. Five-star reviews uh, to uh, give us better exposure. Uh, we're expecting bigger numbers this week because Big Hush was back. 10%. Yeah, 10%. Yeah, 10%. Uh-huh, the 10%. 10%, bro, you know. Um, all my fans bump me up to at least fifteen percent. No, jeez, yeah. So you know, do yeah, but you question. didn't you didn't disparage any other minority groups this week or say anything controversial. <laughs> we and we didn't even we didn't take you to task for your rom liking, and we didn't even talk about Forge's socks being slightly below where you would keep yours and not having a wallet stuck in. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, noted. You 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 have been missed, Hush. Let's just say that you have definitely been missed on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, check it out. Do what you can. Like I said, subscribe, rate, review, and uh, we we appreciate you listening. Uh, holding on uh, definitely through some of these issues that 
definitely are um, not as exciting as many of the other ones. We've been trying to skip, but like Brother Peter said, uh, there's some of them that, you know, there's there's certain things in it that you can't really skip over. And uh, the next two issues are kind of like the, the last two that we just did. It's like, yeah, you know, we kind of got to get through this Dire Race and Rom thing before we can get to what Oprah's next. So uh, we'll definitely kind of hook you up on that. All right, so as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. Uh, Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. Uh, catch you guys next time. All right. Uh, Sandman. All right, sign off on you. We'll see you next week. All right, remember you can find Sandman at Sandman415 on Twitter and at Sandman415 on Facebook. Big Hutch, go ahead and sign out. Uh, this I'm glad to be back. I'll see what I can do to make more of these. And don't hate on Rob. Space Night. <laughs> Time. Uh, <laughs> if you needed to at uh, the Facebook page at Brothers Comics uh, and on the Twitter page at Brothers Comics as well as well as on Instagram and any of those other apps if you just put in at Brothers Comics B-R-O-T-H-A-S Comics you'll be able to find one of us and again this is the producer and I'm signing off as well my fellow mutants you take it easy peace peace with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.